Welcome back to the Point Guard Cast with your host Sean and Corey. I'm Corey. I'm Sean. How you been doing this week, bro? We good. What's up? How you been? Uh, I've been good. Been good. Yeah. I've been just chilling. Yeah. All finally you. in November. Finally in the month of November. Yeah. Uh, October went. October went fast to me. October went one, two, three, thirty-first. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I feel yeah, like that September. Went pretty. Yeah, yeah, I feel like September and October for me have been the fastest two months all year. The rest of this year have been kind of slow in my opinion, but hey, it's all it's all good. Um, ready for next year, but then I'm not. If we gotta have more of this year and next year, you know. Yeah, hopefully, we, hopefully, we can get this uh, figured out. Yeah, have a better year. Hopefully, we can. But we got basketball news, so that's good. Oh yeah, that's always good. That's always good. Okay. Yeah. Um, our first topic for the day. Um, so the Brooklyn Nets hired Mike D'Antoni um as an assistant mm-hmm. under head coach Steve Nash. Um so um of course D'Antoni spent the last four years um as the head coach of the Houston Rockets. It was only four years? I thought it was more than that. Oh yeah, they did have Kevin McHale before him, didn't they? Yes, that's what I was about to say. Yeah, yeah. People yeah. forget about Kevin right. McHale. Um, but yeah, um, he had last four seasons with the Rockets. Um, then he also people forget. This is the biggest thing I think people forget. People forget the fact that he coached Steve Nash twice before this. Um, coached Steve Nash oh, in yeah, Phoenix from two thousand four to two thousand eight. But I feel like some some other people have. Um, yeah, and then he also with the Lakers too. Yeah, and he coached him with the Lakers for two seasons from 2012 to 2014. So, of course, these two know each other. Um, yeah. So, that's 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 good. Um, and then, you know, in his stints with Phoenix and with the Knicks and the Rockets, um, Antonio had a, quite a few 50-plus and 60-plus win seasons. Um, yeah. Man. So, he's... The thing about D'Antoni is D'Antoni teams always win a bunch of games. They yeah. just don't go very far in the playoffs after they win a bunch of games and if they do go back far in the playoffs they're not going to get past the conference finals most of the time but that's let Dan Dan Tony led teams we'll see how Dan Tony can do like if he's not the focal point of the coaching Mm, yeah when he's under somebody because I don't think Dan Tony's ever been under anybody before on anybody's coaching staff um, I think he was an assistant for a couple years. Definitely when he started out in the eighties. Not 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 since not since he's been a head coach, I should say. Not since he's been a head coach. Uh you might I think you're right. I think you might be right on that. But I'm I'm not hundred percent sure. I feel like he may have right before he got with the Knicks, right before he, he started head coaching with the Knicks, he might have sat for a like year. After, like, like after Phoenix. After Phoenix, out, maybe yeah, like sat out for a year or something. Yeah. I feel like there was some yeah. some point in his career where in between teams, he like was an assistant for like one year and then he was a head coach the next year. But I can't remember when okay. that was. Uh, but other than that, for the most part, he's been a head For most of his career, he's been a head coach, pretty much. Yeah. So he's got a lot of experience when it comes to head coaching. Yeah. Um, He's been doing it for almost 30 years, and he's 69 years old, so he's been around this game a long time. Um, yeah. So I feel like this is a great hire, especially since him and Steve Nash have a great relationship already. And hey, you forget that, like, they also have a Mark Stoudemire on that staff. That is Another yep. guy that was on the on Dan Tony Suns teams. That One of the true. focal points. It was it was Nash and Stoudemire, and then Dan Tony was the, the coach of them. Then they well, they might call Sean Marion up to see what he's doing. 
doing. Right. Oh, um, Roger Bell. You know what Roger Bell's doing right now? What's he doing? He has a, he has his own podcast too. He's like he does he does work for the Ringer NBA podcast. So oh wow, that's crazy. So you really heard from him since that Suns team, like two thousand six. Yeah, but that's what he's doing right now. That's good. That's good. Actually, actually, he played for the Jazz after that, so he did. Well, I did kind of hear from him. Yeah, but it's kind of like his glory days was really with that Suns team, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when he tried to injure Kobe, yeah, I never forget that. Never forget that he closed like Kobe. Yeah, frustration, yeah. bro. It's stupid. But yeah, I think it's a good hire for them. I think Mike, the Mike D'Antoni can come in and and um do something with that offense. I mean, how much offensive help are they going to need with Kyrie and Kevin Durant? But maybe maybe Dan Tony could put implement one of, one of his systems or whatever and focus solely on offense because you know he's not a defensive coach. You can let somebody else worry about that. And I feel like Amari Stoudemire is probably going to be the player development coach or whatever, like mentoring young players like Jared Allen, young, the young big man over there. Right. So... I think that Steve Nash surrounding himself with basketball minds like my dad Tony is a smart move for a first year head coach like himself. Yeah, I you know that's exactly what my point was gonna be is um when you're a first year head coach like he is, you kinda need people around you who have been who've been doing this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um when he if when he first got there, I was like, well, dang, like who's around him that's like been around this game for a long time or who has some you know decent head coaching experience? And I felt like they didn't really have that on their staff, but I knew that they would eventually get somebody. I just didn't know who. So f- for them to get Mike D'Antoni, somebody who's of course been around the game a long time, been a good head coach mm-hmm. for a long time, and then also has a great relationship with Steve Nash, um, to me is a perfect fit. Um, yeah, and is exactly what Steve Nash needed. To be and this this might be exactly what Mike D'Antoni needs for his career too to get back on track because like I've never I never really believed in a Mike D'Antoni led head coach team including when he was head coach of the Lakers mm. I never really believed in any of his teams to get like far I mean I knew they were going to win a lot of games because that's what his sister does they win a lot of games right. but I feel like I feel like the small ball stuff was more Daryl Morey than Mike D'Antoni. That's probably why he got out of there. Oh, that could be true. That, that could be true. That's a good point. Because because if you think about it, like no, no, the other Mike D'Antoni led teams like went that small ever, ever. That I mean, the Suns weren't big, but they weren't small. They they had a player that's like six nine, six ten, and Amari Stoudemire down there. Then he used other guys too, like Boris Diaw. When he was with the the Knicks, he also used the Mario Stoudemire, Dwight Howard with the Lakers, and then before this year, they were using Clint Capella. So it's not really a Mike D'Antoni thing to like go small like that. That's probably why because Mike D'Antoni left before that. Madera Morris stepped down, didn't he? Uh, yeah, I think it was D'Antoni, and then because Mike D'Antoni left right yeah, after yeah, the playoffs. Yeah. It was D'Antoni first, and then more. Yeah. So yeah, I think that. That from a Mike D'Antoni standpoint, it can be something that can get his career back on track. Also, I think that when coaches aren't head coaches anymore and they're trying to get back to being head coaches, they go to these big, these big uh, championship contending teams. But if you look at if you look at the staff for like the Clippers, what the Clippers had last year was 
Tyron Lue, Stan, Sam Cassell, all those other guys trying to get jobs somewhere else. You look at the Lakers who got Jason Kidd and Lyle, Lyle, what's his name? Lyle yeah, Lyle Lyle. Holmes, yeah, yeah. On their staff trying to get new coaches, like trying to keep their name out there so you, they'll know like, hey, I'm here. I'll be ready for the next job that comes becomes available. So I think it's a good I think it's a good hire. Yeah, that's a sides. good point. That's a good point. Um but at the same time at sixty nine years old, like what I don't know. To me there's not much left to do, but I, I you could be right. This could be to help him revamp, you know, certain things so he can get back to that that point of contending. I agree with that. Um I mean I mean I mean he's not gonna really change. The way he approaches the game is no, he's not. Old, right? like thirty years in the league. He's not gonna change nothing. No, not I'm not saying like get back on track, like change or something. I'm saying get back on track, like becoming a head coach again. I don't think he wants to be an assistant for the rest of his coach, like the rest of his coaching career. So I'm just saying, like keep his name out there too, but like have the next available coaching job. Okay, yeah, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it could be. It could be. We don't know. We'll have to see. But I do think that no matter what, however long he stays up under Steve Nash, it'll do nothing but help Nash out. I don't think that this this hire could hurt Steve Nash or that next team by by any means. Um, Steve Nash is such a weird hire as a head coach. I just I I'm rooting for him to see how he's gonna do. I just I just don't think that. It was a. I. I'm not gonna say it's a bad hire, but I'm. I'm just. I just don't. I don't. Know. Yeah, it's one of those things where you don't know. Yeah, that's what I was about to say. It's one of those things where yeah. you don't know how a former player could be the greatest um, as a head coach. It's you just have to see it. The, the greatest players don't make the greatest. I coaches. agree with that. See, I'm glad you brought that up because I was about to say every everybody who played can't be a coach, man. Yeah. But I feel like I feel like Steve Nash might be one of those minds, those basketball minds that can be a that yeah. can be a coach. Because I don't know if he's I don't know if he's the perfectionist that would try to would hinder his coaching. Because I still, I think if you're too much of a, a perfectionist, I don't think that coaching is the right thing for you because you're not gonna you're not gonna connect with anybody. You're gonna like alienate yourself from the team because. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, it's one of those I things where I don't, I don't know. I've never met Steve Nash. <laughs> I don't know his personality like that. I, I feel like he's a yeah. nice guy, but maybe he's just, and maybe he's too nice. Like we said, like we said a couple podcasts ago, when Kyrie said his thing, he didn't respond. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Maybe I will see. We'll see. Yeah, I'm this is for him. No, I'm not necessarily rooting for him to win because, like, I have my team, but. I rooted for success yeah. for Steve Nash. Um, I mean, the biggest teacher when it comes to anything is experience. Like the biggest teacher to to all mm-hmm. the rookies that are going to come into the league this year, this following, this next season, is experience. Like they're, I mean, from their rookie season to whenever they hit their prime, they only get better over time. So, with when that comes with players and with coaches, so the only thing that's going to get Steve Nash better as a head coach is just to get that experience in, man. Um, even if his first stint with this next team isn't necessarily as successful as they would want it to be, um, it's only going to get him better. And then especially when you got an assistant yeah. under you like Dan Tony, who's been doing this for as long as he's been doing it. Um, I think it's going to be a really good thing for the next team. And um, I'm excited to see how, how they do. Um, 
Yeah, I think they're the favorites going to the next. Yeah, I think they are the too. Um, hopefully they can they can live up to that and maintain it, but it's not going to be that easy in my opinion. But we'll, we will see. We will see. Um, okay, yeah. next topic for today. Um, so the 76ers hired Daryl Morey this morning um, to be their uh, president of operations for them, which I thought was really interesting. Um, so of course Daryl Morey was you know was just the GM of the Houston Rockets for the last 13 years. Um, just stepped down not too long ago. Um, he signed a five-year deal with the 76ers, which I thought was really interesting. They're going to probably end up extending that. Um, he joins a pretty good, pretty decent staff. So the 76ers hired him this this offseason, and they also hired Doc Rivers as their head coach, which I thought was a good hire. Um, and then they also extended Elton Brand's uh, contract as the GM. Um, so I feel like the 76 is kind of building up their staff, um, headed in the right direction because yeah. whoever gave, um, whoever gave, uh, Al Horford, his contract was, was crazy. That's what I was going. That's where I was going. Like, is Elton Brand even that good? Because like, he's the one that gave, he's the one that gave Al Horford and Tobias Harris those big untradeable yeah. contracts. And that's probably why they went and got a guy like Daryl Moore who who has proven that he can like Daryl Moore has made the most trades out of any GM in the last five yeah. years. If Daryl Moore thinks that the team has a chance to win a championship, he's gonna go all in. And going all in is like trading everything you have for yep. Russell Westbrook. <laughs> yeah. Or Chris Paul. Yeah. So so with the Sixers what does that mean for them like if they have a chance to, they they're gonna have a chance to win because like they have two of the best players in the league so like what does Daryl Morey do there uh, because no, no go ahead go, go ahead. ahead finish what you were saying the, yeah they have Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons like if they feel like they have a chance to win with one of those guys or they or he feels like that if he trades one of those guys that he has a better chance of winning, which I feel like that's the case. I feel like if he trades one of those guys, that that's the case, that they'll have a better chance of winning in. But he's not going to have the same attachment to those players. So he might end up pulling the trigger on something either this season or next season to try to win a championship with the Sixers in the, in the next couple of years. Mm. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, I'm glad you brought that up because I was feeling the same way. Like you said, he's nobody has made more trades than him because he has. Well, yeah, he has no trigger. I mean, he has no. He he pulls the trigger on everything. Like Daryl, I've never seen nobody trade like Daryl Moore in my life. And then he also has he also has experience with Doc Rivers. They've worked together. In good, Boston another before. good point that I forgot to bring up. Yeah. Yeah, they worked um, together. In yeah, Boston listen, Daryl Moore. Um, is going to make sure even though he, he's not the GM he's the president of basketball operations and the GM is Elton Brand he's still going to have a huge say yeah. in how this roster looks that's an upgrade of, of, of GM like isn't the president yeah, is. above the GM but people yeah he's, people they're going to work yeah yeah of course they're, they're going to work together. together people were just thinking that now it's going to make it seem like Elton Brand has no say in anything I didn't think that I think they got Daryl Morey over him to help um, to kind of help show him the ropes of being a GM a little bit is what I feel like. Just somebody to help give him a better second opinion on certain things. Um, again, because like like I was saying, like with Steve Nash, like you, when you are newer at a certain position, 
you have to have the right people around you yeah. showing you how to make good good decisions at that position and how to be better at that position. Yeah. Maybe Elton Brand didn't get that beforehand. So now you bring a guy like Daryl Morey on who has been a GM for 13 years, last 13 years with the Rockets and showed a lot of great success being the Rockets GM. Now you bring somebody like him on and now he can he can show Elton Brand, you know, the ropes with certain things. Okay, yes. yeah, question though. Say say mm-hmm. you're the Houston Rockets right now and Daryl Moore called you up and he said, I will give you Ben Simmons today for James Harden. What if I'm the Rockets? Yes. Because I say absolutely. Yeah, it depends on what they're trying to do. They're trying to... I, but see, James Harden for Ben Simmons, then now you got Ben Simmons with Russell Westbrook in Houston. We're not thinking about that. We're not thinking about that because I trade him too. We trade him too late. We thinking about getting... I'm th- yeah. Where I'm coming from, I'm getting a cornerstone in my franchise at 25 years old. I'm trading an older guy to some... Back, go, right, trading the older guy in Harden. Who's the better player? Yeah, of course. You can say that Harden's a better player than Ben Simmons. But we're trading him to a situation that's going to be better for both him, for, for both his, because for both his career and and uh, Ben Simmons' career. Because I feel like if you put Ben Simmons in that system, not put Ben not in that system, but put Ben Simmons in Houston with all the shooters around him, he's gonna he's gonna flourish there. And even if you can't trade Russell Westbrook right now, you put Ben Simmons at the five and have Russell Westbrook run the one, like you want to go small it well, maybe not anymore. But you was going small anyway. Ben Simmons is the perfect center. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Um and then James Harden is no longer wasting his prime in Houston because don't don't you feel like Houston has a ceiling right now with Westbrook and Harden? Like they can't, like they can't get. Um, to be honest, I kind of feel like yeah, they do. <laughs> so like, re- reset. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Reset with Ben Simmons. Send James Harden up there to do his thing with the with the uh, 76ers. He still has a superstar teammate. I think that makes both. I don't think it necessarily makes the Rockets better, but I think it puts the Rockets in a better position going forward. And I think it makes the Sixers. Mm, I can see better. that. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll put it to you like this you bringing that up makes me think of what's going through Daryl Morey's head now that he's with the 76ers because who's to say he isn't thinking exactly what you're thinking because to be honest with you that was actually a very good point that you brought up in the way you broke it down about Ben Simmons being being uh in Houston and how he could actually coexist with Westbrook um because yeah he don't have to necessarily run the point all the time he he can be down there in the post and do something um and then when he does run the point like you eventually, said, him having all those shooters around him, it would make him flourish. You're right. So that's actually a decent point. Exactly. Exactly. And then you don't have to worry deal with that for long because when Russell Westbrook's up, you just let him walk, and then you use that money to go get somebody else that will fit better with Ben Simmons. So I'm just I just saw I just saw the scenario on Twitter, and I was like, oh, that could work. I mean, that that's just tongue in cheek because like Daryl Morey is going to Houston. I mean, going from Houston. Working with James Harden to Philadelphia, you know, people are going to make that connection. And I was just like, that's actually a scenario that I think might work. 
but I don't think it's going to happen. But if I'm Houston, I'm pulling that trigger. And if I'm Philly, I'm pulling yeah. that trigger too. See, I- because you because you have a better chance. Like Philly, Philly's always trying to win yeah. now. You have a better chance of winning now with James Harden and Joel Embiid than Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid because of the not knocking Ben Simmons in the way he plays, but it just doesn't it just hasn't connect. Maybe you want to try something different. James Harden not that old. He just thirty, yeah. like like he's and he's still James Harden. He's still going to do James Harden things. Maybe not. 40 points a game like he was because like he's not in the same system that allows him to do that but he's still a serviceable player he still can he still can play mate maybe not to Ben Simmons level but he still can play mate the defense is going to take a little bit of a hit but I feel like that's a good I feel like that's a good scenario and if I'm Elgin Brand in the Houston Rockets if I'm Elgin Brand in the Sixers and whoever is in the Houston Rockets that's something I would be interested mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's actually a really good point. I don't know. I feel like the 76ers would definitely try to do that, but I don't know what the Rockets want right now. We can't really see what they want because they still have to get that front office together. But, again, once they get everything together with them and settled, we will see. You cannot go into next season with the same roster if you're the Rockets because both of the guys that – both of the guys that – spearheaded that system is gone and you got what's his name silence in there that's another head coach that yeah. was hired yeah. paul silence for the houston rockets i don't know who it is um but, he was somebody's assistant last year but go ahead continue but like he's a first year head coach so a part of, of course he's going right. to take the job but like i don't know how attractive that job was with that roster so like I feel like it's a whole reset. I feel like it's a good reset. Like what better reset button? It's been who name a better reset button than Ben Simmons? Um, it probably isn't one. I don't yeah, think I can. It probably isn't one to be honest. Right, like if like if Ben Simmons is available, go get Ben Simmons and reset with Ben Simmons. Don't reset with picks and pet players that you don't know that aren't on Ben Simmons level that aren't all stars yet. That you think that can be all star, and I'm spending a lot of time on a scenario that probably is not going to happen. But man, if I'm Houston, yeah. I'm jumping on that. Uh, it could happen. You never know. It, again, it's just depending on what they believe. I just, I just honestly feel like because what was this Westbrook and Harden's first season together, right? Um, I feel like yeah. they're going to try to give them a. I still feel like yeah, that's I a do ceiling. too. But I feel like they're going to give it another shot. I feel like they're gonna try not to panic on it. Um, I feel like they're gonna give those two one more shot. Now, does that mean that they aren't gonna get other people off that roster and other people in on the scene? No, because I think they'll do that. But I do think that they'll give that that duo one more year. That ceiling is four seed, second round. <laughs> like Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Warriors. Yeah, that's, that's those are the top teams in the West for sure. So fifty. Fifth, I mean, they can win. They can win games. They're going to win games because you got James Harden and Russell Westbrook, and they're going to get. They're going to steal you some games. So, three to fifty, still first or second round exit to me. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I feel the same way unless they they show otherwise. But, um, yeah, I just feel like because you know, I mean, when you put together a duo, you want to see what they can do in multiple years. So since they only got one year together, 
And yeah. people are going to be like, well, they ran into the Lakers and the Lakers were a good team and they really wanted to win it. All this other stuff. And Dan Tony was on his way out. Yeah. Moore was on his way out. I think they're just going to try and give him one more year. Give him one more year under Paul Silas and give him yeah. another year under this new GM and see what those changes bring. And then after that, if they do the same thing, they do exactly what they did last year, then it's like, okay, well, clearly that was their ceiling. Time to, time to change it. Time to change something. I feel like it's pretty. I feel like it's pretty. Yeah, clear. I agree. Trust me, I agree. With, I agree with you 100. But I don't know if that's what that organization is thinking. Um, and plus, two James. Oh, who knows what yeah, that organization exactly. is thinking? I, I don't know if that's what they're thinking. Because they still don't have. How do you? How did you hire a a, a, a coach without a GM? Who hired the coach? Yeah, I, that's a good question. That I don't know what they're trying to do. They're clearly, they they hey, they might they might decide that they, they might as well just rebuild. They might just go ahead and say, you know what, it's just time to rebuild. Why not? The, the indication is that they they're not trying to rebuild. But like, if I'm James Harden, I want to get out of it. Yeah. Some but see the thing. The reason some players feel like that. I feel like his prime's being wasted. I'm not the biggest I mean, James Harden fan, but I feel like his prime. I feel like his prime is being wasted there. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to disagree with that. Kind of like, kind of like KD's prime in Oklahoma City. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that but, one. That, I feel like the situation is a little different just because him and Westbrook came up together, and if he felt like Westbrook was the problem, I felt like he could have got them to shit Westbrook. But that's just me. Yeah. But yeah, we supposed to be talking about the Celtics, <laughs> so <laughs> the Rockets are just such a. Such an yeah, it's hard topic, not to talk man. about that because we just don't we just don't know what yeah, we don't they, know what they plans yeah. are, and it's kind of and it's kind of connected because of Darren Moore, so we still not off topic, but but still, but yeah, I think I think that Darren Moore is gonna do it. I don't know how how much of a difference he's gonna make with this roster this mm-hmm. season, but I think over the next couple of years. He's gonna. This roster's gonna be looking completely different. Um, I agree with that. I, I agree with that one hundred and ten percent. And I think one, and I think one of Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons will be gone by the next couple of years with Daryl Moore. I don't know who he's gonna replace him with, but obviously, but I feel like because I feel like they have a ceiling too. Because first of all, both of them can't stay healthy for an extended amount of time. You can't have two stars that can't stay healthy for an extended amount of time yeah. on the same team. And expect them to win. So, yeah, that's my biggest issue with with. The oh Sixers. man, I don't know. This team can never be full. That's my biggest together. issue. Like, that's my biggest issue with the Nets too. Like, what's going to happen when K when Kyrie's sitting oh, out for yeah, three weeks? Right. That's a good point. That's a good point. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, man, I don't know. But um, regardless, I feel like Daryl Moore is a good hire for them, and he's gonna change. He's gonna change the dynamic of that that franchise. Um, yeah. And and you look at the look at the Sixers roster compared to what the Houston had last year. The Sixers are like it's like a complete one eighty. Like you had all those shooters on the roster on the Rockets yeah. last season, no big man, and the Sixers essentially have no shooters, and like. Two big, yeah. one big man, one big man playing yeah. point guard. Yeah, it's it's opposite. Um, but I think Daryl Moore will cater to whatever it is that 
Because, I mean, he to me, he catered to all his head coaches' needs when it came to how they like to play and their style of play. So he tried to make, help those coaches get those players um, that catered to, you know, that coach's coaching style. So I feel like he'll do the same thing for, um, for Doc Rivers. Whatever Doc Rivers needs, he'll get it for him. And another, and another thing, Doc Rivers is kind of almost anti-analytics. Yeah. And um, there are more is all like all in very true Doc Rivers will play Montrez Harrell in the standard minutes even if the analytics say play Zubat <laughs> and Daryl Moore <laughs> Daryl Moore is like <laughs> Daryl Moore is like if we have a one percent or 5% chance of winning the championship I'm gonna trade everything to get to make that 5% because we have a yeah. chance Make that five percent, ninety percent. Even though he wasn't successful in making ninety percent, but he tried. Yeah, <laughs> I. You know what? That was actually a very good point. How is a how is somebody who's you know pro analytics and somebody who's anti analytics going to coexist? Um, I feel yeah. like maybe he can kind of get Dark Rivers into the analytics part. Like he can show him the success he's had with it in Houston. Like he can give him a couple of examples, like. This is what I did. Like I made this trade, or we won this game because of these analytics and things like that. And then he could help Doc, you know, feed into that a little bit. But but what did we just say about Mike D'Antoni though? Mike D'Antoni been coaching for thirty years. He's not going to change at this point. <laughs> That's true. But I feel like what Doc Rivers been coaching for twenty years. He's not going to change that much at this point. But I, this is interesting. We will have to wait and see because I. I don't know. I, maybe not that big of a deal at the, at the surface yeah. of it, but I just know that because analytics said that Carmelo Anthony was not working in Houston, they let him go after <laughs> ten games. So <Yeah>. like, <laughs> so is this going to be an analytics team or not? This is this is an interesting this is an interesting dynamic that they got. I don't going know. On. It's a good point, but like you said, it's one again. It's another one of those situations where since this is the first year that is happening, we'll have to wait and see this season what happens. With it. Um, actually, for this, we'll have to wait and see the next few years what happens with it. But I do think it'll be really interesting. But there's no way that Daryl yeah. Moore was going to come to this team and not get it saying a lot of things. So I do think that even though Doc may be anti-analytics, he's going to have to get with it. Yeah. It's just hard to think about a guy like Doc Rivers like catering. Yeah, of course. Because of how long he's been doing it. Because like, yeah, he's been he's been his own he's been his own boss for most yeah. of the time with the Clippers. Because at one point with the Clippers, he was the um, he was an executive there, as well as the coach, kind of like Stan Van Gundy was right. with Detroit, and he traded his own son to the Houston. <laughs> <laughs> he traded also to the Houston Rockets. Yeah, that move is still crazy to me, but um, we'll see, we'll see. I don't think Maury is a bad hire by any means, and I think it's another situation. It's another hire that can only help this team instead of hurt them. So, yeah, I don't think it's gonna hurt either. I just think it's some interesting story. Um, oh yeah, it out. is between between the 76ers and the Rockets. Between what happened, you know, what happened with these two teams the last two years in the playoffs, somebody is gonna make some type of huge trade 
one of these two. Don't know who it is. It could be one or the other, or it could be both helping each other out. I don't know, but one of them is gonna do something big this offseason. Um, I just want to know who'll do it first. Um, yeah. Okay. All right. So on to our last topic. Um, Pat Riley. My man Pat Riley. What does Pat Riley do? <laughs> Pat Riley has some uh, some interesting comments, and he felt like um, this year's championship um, should have an asterisk. And uh, okay, so who does Pat Riley? Um, who does Pat Riley executive of? The the team that yeah. lost in the championship, right? So would that injury be the same if they they had won? That's just that's no, just it would not. Um, <laughs> but go ahead and get into what Pat Riley said. Let me let me just read his quote, and um, we'll we'll see <laughs> we'll see what he said. So his this his first comment. <laughs> um, so his first comment was um, they were the best team, but there's always going to be an asterisk. Uh, Riley said. If we had Bam and Goron, Goron was our leading scorer in the playoffs. At 100%, it could have gone to seven games or whatever. But thank you for reminding me. I appreciate that. But I'm not going to look back on it. I'm just going to look at the positive things. Get Goron healthy and Bam healthy and bring everybody back and try to add to the mix. Um, So that was his initial quote. Mm -hmm. Um, So it sounded like he was saying that there's an asterisk just because two out of their three best players was hurt. Oh, so he was, so he wasn't saying there's an asterisk because of the. No, the he was saying there's an asterisk because like everybody injuries, else because they weren't fully healthy. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, okay, that makes. I mean, a little kind bit of, more but sense. then you think about. I mean, although although you know that they weren't going to win either way, but yeah, I I understand the either, what if part. so that makes, but this also makes a little. Yeah, bit yeah, it wasn't because of the but. My whole thing is okay, but you could say the same thing about the Warriors in 2015. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm saying. Like, this is part of the game, so you can say this. You can say the same thing about last year with the. Toronto oh yeah, for sure. That's what I mean. Like, there's multiple times where you can say the same thing, and so it's like you shouldn't say that. Um, but I'll get more into that in a second. So then he kind of cleared it up, and he said, um, "The asterisk is." What, what, but first, first of first of all, like where they fa- they weren't favored anyway. No. Like, Obviously, I mean, obviously, you don't have to be favored to win a championship. But do you really think that if that team was one hundred percent, they would no. that like a team? Put put no bias, no bias in it at all. Do you think they had a real shot? No, unless the Lakers decided that they were just going to choke. The way that the way the Lakers played in Game Six would have been, they would have taken it a lot more serious, and that that, that series would have been over even quicker if they if the Miami Heat was healthy. I agree. In my opinion, in my opinion, they let they let the uh, heat hang around because they weren't healthy and they weren't taking it that serious as they could. Agree, agree with that. But (laughs) yeah, what did what did Dan Tony say? Riley, not Dan Tony. Um, so he kind of cleared it up. They kind of like so he kind of he cleared it up a little bit, but it was the damage already been done. He said so. The asterisk is next to the Heat's name, not the Lakers. The title is legitimate. Our loss has an asterisk next to it. Um, the Lakers were the better team, period. Um, but see, this is this my this my only thing about the asterisk statement. So the asterisk statement has been around since before the bubble started. 
before the bubble started, there was already talks yeah. of people saying that this championship should have an asterisk on it anyway. Before again, this is like a week mm-hmm. before the bubble even started. Then we get into the bubble and get into the playoffs, and you hear even more people talking about I this might have an asterisk on it. Then it's not until the Lakers finally yeah, get remember- to the finals. And you, you don't have any Clippers. The Clippers aren't there. The Bucks aren't there. Who, of course, were the two biggest teams that people had making it. And once the Lakers got there and they were playing the Heat, people were still saying they were asterisk. So my whole thing is, why even say an asterisk when you know for these last few months, people have been saying asterisk in a negative way. So even if you really didn't mean it... <laughs> Oh, uh, you're saying yeah, yeah, if, you're if you're Pat, Pat Riley. Yeah. If you're Pat Riley, why even say the yeah, word asterisk gotcha. at all? Because you know the word asterisk the last couple of months has been used in a negative way when it in terms of this year's championship. Yeah. And people are gonna spin it how to how they want to spin yeah, it. Exactly that's my what they point. Do. So why even bring up the word asterisk anyway? It was my whole point. I remember I was at the, I remember I was at the wreck before the uh the before the the uh the playoffs even start before the bubble even started and people were talking about the asterisk. Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like everybody had heard the word asterisk before the playoffs even started, before the bubble even started, because that's what was going going around in the media in terms of this year's championship. So after you lose mm-hmm. in six games, your quote has the word asterisk in. So how did you think people were going to spend that? Like, how did you think that that was going to look? Going to take that, yeah. Um, so that's the reason why I feel like, even though he tried to clear it up, I feel like he was taking a shot anyway. And he said what he said. And he got the backlash for it, so then he tried to change it. But I was like, it's... At least he put his that's name true. on it. Yeah, oh, but, but that's always Pat Riley. <laughs> At least he that's wasn't anonymous. He's not, he not trying to hide. <laughs> At least he put he, his he'll name never on hide from his comments. Man. He's just not that type of person. Um, I just don't. But my I, again, I after losing, after hearing all these asterisk comments these these last few months, why would I even say that word? In terms of me talking about yeah. what just happened in the finals, you know. I mean, like it, to me, it sounds like an excuse. That's what it sounds like to me, an excuse. But yeah, I, either way. Either way, it's over with. They lost. Lakers are champions. You have a you'll have a shot next year. It's gonna be tougher, but they'll have a shot to get back next year and just yeah. take care of your business. Yeah, that's all I got to say. Um, my whole thing is he shouldn't even be salty. But then I realize why he is salty. It's not that he lost to the Lakers, but again, it's because of that. Exactly, it's that small LeBron. beef that him and LeBron got. And again, like I said a couple pods ago. After LeBron won that chip for Cleveland in 2016, when he talked about his motivation for winning it, winning one in Cleveland was not just because he wanted to win one from the franchise that drafted him, but it was also because somebody down in Miami told him that Miami would win one before he ever won another. And it had to be Pat yeah, Riley. Nobody else probably. ever say that to him, bro. The only person in that organization that would say that to him would be Pat Riley. So for LeBron to win that one, I don't. Know. I don't even know if I don't even know if he said that directly to him. But I don't. I don't know. I don't think. I don't. I don't see Pat Riley as the type of guy that would be like LeBron saying, "Okay, I'm a. I, my time here is finished. I'm gonna leave." But like, you'll never win a championship before I win a championship. I don't know if Pat Riley is that type of guy. 
Maybe he said it. Maybe he said it jokingly, but like kind of not jokingly. But uh, I, I don't know. Either way, yeah. I feel like if anybody said it, whether he said it to LeBron's face or not, I mean, he could have said it behind his back, and then he got back to LeBron. Um, regardless, yeah. um, I'm pretty sure that he probably did say that. Don't know if he said it to his face or not, but um, he would definitely. A little, you know, a little upset after winning it, which to me, you can't even be mad that you lost it this year. And the reason why I feel that way is because no, that's because exactly you weren't supposed to be there. Had you being there, you 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 took down the bus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like you overachieved. overachieved this year. Not only did nobody have you being there, everybody had you get swept, and instead y'all lost in six. Like, yeah, yeah, but honestly. They could have been sweet. <laughs> it no, just we didn't know. happen. But <laughs> <laughs> they, they could, no, we know they that. Could have been swept. But, I, but my whole yeah, thing is, right. there's no point in even bringing that up. You should just, all you should talk about is the good that happened with that team that that year and in this playoffs. Because nobody had you making it to the finals at all. Nobody, um, except for J.R. Smith back in January. Mm-hmm. And I don't know how he gets the Lakers and Heat in the finals. That was crazy. But other than that, unless you were a Heat fan, nobody had them making it out of the East. Everybody had either the Bucks or the Raptors or the 76ers making it out of the East. I had the, I had the Raptors. That's who I thought was going to make it out the um, East. I had either the them Raptors. or the Bucks making it out of the East, to be honest with you. And I thought the Bucks could make it even if Giannis was hurt. I thought they could have beat the Heat, but I was completely wrong. Completely wrong. Um, but, yeah, that's just that's, so that was his comment. Um, I do feel like it was a slight shot. I do understand the injuries because injuries suck, bro. I, I hate injuries in sports. I really do, because it always gives you that what. Out, I hate always, it no matter what. Because you always have that what if, like man, if such and such wasn't hurt, like what could have been? You know what I'm saying? I really hate injuries in sports. Yep. If Andrew Bynum wasn't hurt, if Andrew Bynum and Trevor Reza wasn't hurt, what happened? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight. That's a good point. But we gonna let that go. We gonna let that go, like, Boston fans. I'm sorry. Like I'm what if what if Danny Andrew would have never got hurt? Would we have ever heard of Paul George? Because people forget that we heard of Paul George because Danny Granger was hurt. That's what I'm Danny saying. Danny Granger was and then a bucket. He was never really the same yeah. after that. But what would have happened to Paul George same. if Danny Granger never went down? Does 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 Jimmy Butler emerge if Derrick Rose doesn't go? See, that's what I'm saying. Like, I think he does. I yeah. think he does. I think both of them do. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Injuries always make those what ifs, you know, about them. Whether they're good what ifs or bad what ifs, you know, it's just always like a what if type of deal. Football is Tom. Is Tom Brady? Tom Brady? If Drew Bella, Drew Bledsoe don't go down, yeah, like, does Tom Brady exactly. get that shot? What about Aaron Rodgers and Brett Favre? Yeah. Don't get hurt. There's so many crazy what ifs that can happen, man, in sports. But I, no matter what, no matter what the sport is, no matter the player or the team, I hate injuries. I really do. Because they always change stuff, and yeah. you don't, you never know if it's gonna be for better or for worse. You never know if that player is gonna be the same or not. Like, yeah, I hate injuries. Period. Um, but no matter what, Pat Riley mm-hmm. has the right to say whatever he wants to say. At the end of the day, he's Pat Riley. Say whatever he wants. Um, I just think that he should just use that energy to make the Heat team a better team, and to make all them teams in the East pay for disrespecting them, and to make these critics pay for disrespecting them because they're also trying to yeah. disrespect them for next year too. So I hope he uses that as motivation to um, do whatever he wants to do to this roster. 
Because we know his we know his God will, Jimmy Butler. Oh yeah, we already know that. That's, that's a given. That's a given. What you think about him being a ninety three in two K? That's how I feel about that. <laughs> that's all I got to say about that. It's two K, man. Uh, I ain't need to get. No, I ain't need to get twenty one. Did you get twenty one? It, yeah, it's yeah, it's two K, man. Them ratings will chance. fluctuate as the season pans out. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Like people, yeah, yeah, them, they all, yeah. Two K is two K. That's that's all I got. <laughs> uh, anything else you got to add to that Pat Riley quote or his statement? Mm, nah. Man, nah. Anything else you got good. to add to him? any any of the other topics we went over today? Oh, you good? Okay, yeah. Um, we yeah we need we need to talk about the uh the restart. Yeah, yeah we'll get into that once we get some more news on that. We'll we'll get into that. Um, but pretty much all these topics except for the Pat Riley one, our other two, um, those two things like with Daryl Morey being hired and then with Mike D'Antoni being under Steve Nash, two things that the only way we'll see how they pan out is they just have to happen. First season has to get started. So those two things, only time will yeah. tell to see whether or not we're right or wrong, or to see what happens with those two. So, over and under fifteen times, we say only time will well, tell. That's because that's true. Yeah. We don't we, we don't try. Yeah, we don't you know, try. Time to will tell. Guarantees. Like You're there right. are some people that's who true. like guarantee these things. Certain things will happen in reality. They don't really know because um, we don't know. We don't know these people. Yeah. We aren't behind the scenes, so we don't know. That's the reason why we say time will tell. That's true. Only only time will tell. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. all I got for today. Yeah. That's it, though. That's all I got. This has been another episode of the Point Godcast. We'll see y'all next time.